Welcome back to the Fast Break with C. Blake. What is going on, guys? Crazy, crazy things are happening in NBA free agency right now. Uh, Rudy Gobert just got traded to the Minnesota Timberwolves. Like, what? I, the return is also huge, by the way. I mean, four first-round picks. Uh, Malik Beasley, Walker Kessler, who was a first-round pick this year. Jared Vanderbilt and Pat Bev. That is a huge return, actually, for... I, I guess he kind of fits. I'm not going to say he fits Minnesota perfectly because, you know, I mean, obviously they have big, they, they have their big in Cat. But with Cat's skill set, I'm really interested to see how they can get creative with him and, you know, what their offense is going to look like with him next year. Because now that you've got Rudy, you can kind of move him around into different spots. I mean, he can get more creative on the wing. Uh, you know, he, Cat has always been a guy where, he can do it at all three levels. He's a, you know, he can handle the ball. So they they can really kind of expand his game, you know. Not that he hasn't already been doing that, but he can, you know, I'm I'm very interested to see how creative they decide to get with him. And that's not to mention, you know, Anthony Edwards, another guy who I've been saying is a part of, you know, that middle the, the group of all of the young guys right now in the league, 25 and under that Really, I mean, these guys all have the potential to be superstars within the next two or three years. And, you know, he, he's a part of that group without question. I, I really think that next year he, I'm so excited to see the leap that he takes from, you know, this past year to next. And you give, you know, now they tool him with Rudy. You still have D'Angelo Russell, you know, a phenomenal floor general. And even though he didn't have the best series in the playoffs, I mean, D'Lo will come back. I still think he'll, you know, he'll have a good season this year. And, you know, they'll, they'll, they're, as a team, the T-Wolves are going to learn from their experience this past year. So, you know, retooling that with a guy in Rudy who is going to give them some great interior defense. I mean, I'm, I'm not the biggest Rudy guy. I, I think that, you know, a lot of his offensive production, I mean, the majority of his offensive production really is just lobs, dunks. I mean... You know, and, and, you know, that's fine. That's fine. That's his game. He doesn't have to. It's not like he has to come in here and, you know, be a one-on-one ISO score or anything. So, it you know, he, he the boost that he's going to give them defensively, as well as the pick-and-roll game with, you know, him. And they already were dangerous in the pick-and-roll with Cat. But, I mean, give D'Lo him and, you know, Anthony Edwards as he is starting to become more of a primary ball handler. I mean the the T Wolves are the T Wolves are looking nice for sure. They have a lot to be excited about. There's a lot to be excited about in Minnesota, uh, and you know for Utah, I guess it kind of makes sense. I think they kind of knew at this point they weren't going to get to keep both, you know, Rudy and Spida, and you know at this point it's kind of just time to move on. Um, definitely time to move on for them. Uh, I mean I'm interested to see if they, you know, who knows? I I don't think they would move Spida, I guess, just because, I mean, now they can kind of build around him. They have a variety of picks at their disposal for the next couple of years. And, you know, it's not every day that you get a talent like that in the league, you know, to lead your franchise. So, 
there, even though they could get a ton of picks for him, but that would just be, you know, full on tanking rebuild mode. We want, you know, Victor Wimbayama. Uh, and I, I don't think they would do that. So, but, but it's going to be really interesting to see how they retool this team around Spida. You know, they've lost a lot recently. I mean, Joe Ingles went to the Bucks. you know, now you lose Rudy. I mean, Royce O'Neal, they traded him to Brooklyn yesterday. So this is going to be a completely different Utah team next year. And, We'll, we'll see how, I mean, what they can do, what Spider can really do with them. I, is he even going to be happy in Utah now? What you know, I'm I'm very interested to see how this is going to unfold over the next couple of days, especially as we're kind of in the heat of free agency. So, but I mean that <laughs> I wasn't going to start the show with that originally today. I was going to start talking about what I think is was a championship move today by the Boston Celtics. Uh, yeah, I mean this team clearly isn't playing around with anybody they you know they just went to the, the NBA finals for a reason and you know getting a guy like Malcolm Brogdon the full trade was it was Brogdon for Daniel Tice Aaron Neesmith and next year's first round pick I mean talk about highway robbery if you're the Celtics you know if you're Indiana I or yeah I mean I guess like you know that's fine you can get Aaron Neesmith a guy who I think has you know has young potential and you get another pick that's always nice but, man, I mean, it, Boston gave up no rotational players. I mean, Tice and Neesmith weren't getting minutes, you know, when it, when it comes down to it. Uh, you know, unless, unless it was garbage time in the finals. I mean, neither of those guys were playing at all. And to bring in a guy like Brogdon, who gets it done on both ends of the floor, not just offensively, but he already he's only going to add and boost you know, to that great defensive core that they already have. I mean, Marcus Smart, Rob Will, you know, two guys. I mean, Marcus Smart was the defensive player of the year last year, and Robert Williams was right there in the conversation up until he got hurt. And then you take, you know, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, two young superstars. Yeah, guys that are committed to playing defense too. They can get it done on both ends of the floor. And, you know, I mean, they still have Grant Williams, obviously. You add Brogdon, sheesh. I mean, this these guys are ridiculous. So that that was the championship move for sure, and that that's all I needed to know about about what the Celtics are going to be on next year. And not to mention, I mean, that wasn't even the only move they made today. They brought in Danilo Gallinari, who since he's been in the league has been about strictly buckets. <laughs> you know, I think we all know that Danilo isn't giving them anything crazy on the off or on the excuse me the defensive end, but offensively, I mean, you know, he's about buckets, and at times. You know, during the finals and even during the playoffs, it kind of felt like Boston could use that extra offensive punch off the bench, you know. It was nice that Derek White kind of, you know, at times, especially in the Miami series, and there were times early in the finals, I guess you could argue that he was, you know, he was giving them good minutes. Um, well, he was giving them good minutes, but scoring production, I would say. They, you know, but they, they needed another guy for sure. I mean, between him, Grant, and... I mean, it really was just him and Grant for most of the time in the playoffs. And now you add you add a guy like Brogdon. So, you know, who knows? If he starts, that's fantastic. But he also could come off the bench and lead that second unit. Um, you add Danilo, like I said. Then you pair up with Grant. Al Horford, you know, who knows how he's going to fit into their offense this next season. But Al Horford proved that he can still get it done, you know, at his age. Like, 19 points and 14 rebounds in the NBA Finals, that's no easy feat at 36 years old. I mean, how, how many 36-year-olds in the world can really go out and say they can do that, you know? 
So this team, they're they're now I would say an official, like at least nine deep. Like their their first nine guys are all guys that I trust in the game. You know, come playoff time. With with Gallo, I think it's a little bit different just because they're so great defensively and they're built off defense. But you, when he's in the game, you know that he's not giving you. I mean, you know exactly what you're getting, and that's fine because he is going to give you that extra offensive punch, you know. And I think the great thing about Boston is they they play great team defense. So a lot, of, you know, any of his mistakes can potentially be masked by the greatness of other guys too. So that that was a that's a championship move for sure. And Boston is just going to be at the top of the East. I mean, not not that we expected anything different really. I, you know, as free agency has gone on, I think a lot of teams have made some great moves to get better, but I still was wholeheartedly, you know, going to have the Celtics in my, probably my top five in the East, I mean, probably my top three in the East, top two, maybe not even two, I mean, you still got so, the East is just so loaded, I mean, the talent in the NBA is so loaded, like, the Hawks, we haven't even talked about the DeJounte Murray trade yet, like, so much has happened, it really... The NBA free agency period is the best offseason in all of sports. And, you know, let's get into that DeJounte trade now because I really believe that this trade kind of ascended Atlanta into, you know, the next level of teams. I feel like they were kind of, I mean, they fought for that playing spot this year. They, they absolutely fought for that spot. You know, they were originally the nine seed and then came up with two, you know, clutch W's against the Hornets, and then, unfortunately, as I'm still, you know, resentful about the Cleveland Cavaliers, but, you know, I mean, this this team, we forget, it's so easy to forget that they were just in the Eastern Conference Finals two years ago. They were, they were a series away, they were two games away from the NBA Finals, if you think about it like that, and, you know, now, you still have a budding, a budding star in Trey Young, who's only going to continue to get better. I know they've been talking about moving John Collins. I, I kind of don't want to see that happen. I think John is a great fit for them. But they still have Clint Capella. And now you bring in a guy like DeJounte Murray, who is just starting to really get into his own, and who averaged 21, 8, and 9 last year. I mean, that is – I know the Spurs, you know, we might not have been tuned into every Spurs game last year. But to put up 21, 9, and 8 on any team is a ridiculous feat. Like, guys don't just – do that you know I mean DeJounte is absolutely a special talent and that's not even to talk about you know I talk about I throw stats out there just because that's what looks pretty originally but what he gives you on the defensive end as well he's a fantastic defender he has great size great length I mean that that's the direction that the NBA is headed in right now being you know a guy that's 6'6 with a 6'10 wingspan is huge I mean he can elevate over almost anybody I was looking, I went back and looked at some of his highlights, you know, just from this past season. And, I mean, he can elevate over, I'm not saying he's every time going to get it over, you know, guys like Giannis and KD. and But he, he's shown he can score on wings in this league. I mean, and when you put a guard on him, it's that's an unfair matchup, man. I mean, get, put him in the mid post or anywhere and barbecue chicken. I mean, he's instantly cooking. So, DeJounte, this was a huge move for the Hawks. It, it really did. It showed me that they're also about business, that they're about, you know, competing and winning a championship within the next couple of years. And there, there's so many teams that I really think are like that, but 
the, the East also, you know, I, I just talked about how good the East is, but it's also wide open, you know. I mean, not there weren't many people picking Boston to go to the finals this year. I mean, if you really go back and think about it, no one, I mean, most people didn't even think they were beating the Nets, like, and they swept them, you know. That kind of came out of nowhere for a lot of people. And to see, I mean, you, like I said, you got Boston. I mean, Milwaukee, you know, they're going to come back hungry and with a vengeance. And then, you know, you throw in Atlanta. These younger teams, like the Cavs, I think are, you know, in that mix now. I, I've loved their offseason moves. And, you know, that, that that's not even to mention <laughs> they're not there yet. But the young teams like the Pistons, I mean, the Knicks, you know, just signed Jalen Brunson. We'll talk more about that. Chicago, I mean, they just re-signed Brett, or, uh, you know, Zach Levine. Lonzo Ball is going to be coming back healthy this year. There's so much young talent, so much young talent. And I haven't even mentioned Philly. I mean, Joel Embiid is not going anywhere. And if you're not hip already, Tyrese Maxey is also another one of those guys that can take the next leap. And it's, you know, he's another guy that can become a star in this league very fast. I mean, I personally think that... The offense, I'm not going to say should float. Their offense should always run through Joel Embiid, you know, as long as he's healthy. But Tyrese needs to absolutely demand some more touches, you know. I mean, and that's not to mention, you know, we don't know what James Harden's going to do yet, but it seems like he is going to re-sign with Philly just for less money. So who knows what they do with that extra cap space? I mean, Tobias Harris is still around. You know, Philly's not, the East is so good. The NBA is just so good right now, man. It's just, you really got to take a step back sometimes and just appreciate it for what it is. I mean, basketball just really hasn't been, I really don't think it's been this talented ever. And free agency being able to kind of shine a light on that, it, it's, it makes me ecstatic and giddy. And it, that's why I wake up in the morning to, you know, want to talk about this stuff. And, you know, we talk about the, the Knicks now. I who I know a lot of people are kind of clowning them for, you know, signing Brunson, which honestly, I mean, the deal isn't even bad. I mean, $104 million, he, he earned every cent of that money, you know, this this entire season, not just this offseason, this entire season. You know, so, some of us, yeah, we, I think he kind of put the world on notice in the playoffs, you know, especially with that series against Utah when he was just going out there and killing them. But Jalen Brunson has been this, you know, I mean, he honestly, you could argue that he had, I mean, he definitely has some of the best footwork in the league. You know, whether you're talking about guards or bigs, I would argue that he probably has the best footwork among all guards. He, I mean, he's ridiculous. And the way that he kind of, you know, just bullies his guys, he has a or he has a lot of finesse, very crafty, very good at getting to the rim. You know, a, he, he's a three, can get it done at all three levels. You know, mid-range, great three-point shooter, solid three-point shooter. And, you know, I mean, this is a, I don't understand why there's so much hate around the signing, you know. He's a bucket. He's a great player. And the Knicks honestly have a future to be excited about. Like, I, I've i said this on this pod before. I think if they give the reins to R.J. Barrett, that could really unlock a lot for them. And just, you know, you got to see what you got with R.J. I mean, he has endless potential. And, you know, with him being so young, why not? You want him to get that playoff experience now, you know, not... You don't want to be this garbage team for, you know, his entire youth. And then he's already basically in his prime, you know. And at that point, you're like, ah, well, it's time. You know, he might say it's time to move on. Or 
you never know what can happen in the league when you have you know young talent like this. So you pair him, you pair RJ with you know Jalen Brunson. They still have Julius Randle. Who knows you know if they decide to do anything with him or not. But Julius Randle could still play. I mean, I you know I talked about how I you know RJ being the number one option, whatever. But Julius Randle still has game. He's still a hooper. So. And, you know, they still have Emmanuel Quickly, Obi Toppin. The Knicks are exciting. And the fact that so many people are clowning them for this Brunson signing is that's kind of ridiculous to me, man. I, I think that we, we can go t- take that kind of energy somewhere else because this is a team that's going to be young and exciting too. And, you know, they're playing in the garden every night. You know they're going to get primetime games just because that's how, I mean, that's how we do with New York. That's how everything is with, with New York. But... Don't, you know, don't, don't discredit Jalen Brunson and his season and the amount of money that he's about to get for for any reason because he, he's about that action 100%. So that really excited me. I mean, Detroit, they didn't make any crazy off, you know, move in free agency, I'd say. I'd still say Jaden Ivey is going to be the biggest, you know, piece in terms of their offseason development and whatnot. But re-signing Marvin Bagley today, uh, that's a fantastic deal. They also signed Kevin Knox, who I feel like Kevin Knox has always kind of been looked at as a project, but he's still pretty young. I mean, he's only he only got drafted a couple of years ago, so who knows? I mean, they're they're young and they they can afford to experiment and kind of do whatever they want right now. So, and you know, they still have all that cap room that I mean, because it seemed like they were really going to go after a big piece. I really thought they were going to go after DeAndre Ayton hard this offseason, but. And, and he still hasn't signed, so who knows. Uh, but, they, yeah, they could go out and get another guy, just a- anybody, you know. So Detroit is interesting. I, that There's so much good talent. I can't express it enough. I can't express it enough. And, you know, there's still more talent on the board. I mean, Aiden still hasn't signed. Colin Sexton still hasn't signed. You know, waiting to see what he's going to do with that qualifying offer from the Cavs. And, and let's talk about my beloved – Cleveland Cavaliers these days because I'm loving our offseason I mean honestly I don't think it could have gone a whole lot better (laughs) at least you know to this point uh drafting Ochai obviously that was a slam dunk and they just had a good draft overall I mean bringing in Isaiah Mobley I their summer league team is actually about I'm excited to watch I I'm gonna have to I mean it's so hard to watch those games but I'm definitely going to have to find a way because I'm excited. I mean, I want to see what, you know, every one of their picks is about. I know Diop isn't going to be here, uh, you know, this season, but I definitely want to see Ochai in action. I'm trying to see what Isaiah Mobley is about in action. Luke Travers, I mean, he is an interesting prospect. You know, I, I didn't know much about him going into the draft or, you know, after the Cavs drafted him. But I, I did my due diligence, I did my research, and he looks like an intriguing prospect. I mean, a point-forward type player that, you know, I mean, he's not, doesn't seem like he's the biggest scorer, but he has the ability to score and, you know, get to the rim. So I, I'm interested to see what he's about. And that's not even to mention, you know, we re-signed Ricky Rubio today, which, thank God, we brought Ricky home. It was so much fun watching him, you know, play. I, I really think that was, he was having one of the best seasons of his career last year before he got hurt and he was such a big piece I mean I don't think people realize how big he was in terms of Darius Garland's development and just being 
a veteran in the locker room that, you know, and, and he gave them a lot last year. I mean, he had a game where he had 37 points. You know, he had 39 points in the game. I mean, he, Ricky was contributing on all different levels. I mean, you know what you're going to get with his passing ability, but, man, I mean, bringing him back in, and then we also signed, you know, Raul Neto, I think, you know, just adds to the depth that they are going to have at guard. You can't have too many, you know, ball handlers on a team or too many point guards on a team that can, I mean, having that many guys that can come in and manage a game and, you know, create for others, it's fantastic moves by the Cavs offseason. And I didn't even mention that we signed Robin Lopez, who can still be a contributing backup big in this league. You know, I, I, I'm i not going to lie, I kind of wanted to see Moses Brown come back. I think he gave them some, some fantastic minutes, you know, late in the stretch last season. But, I mean, it is what it is. I think Robin Lopez is, I mean, he's going to bring the energy. He's going to be fun. Uh, I, I'm so interested to see if he, you know, anything happens with like him and Moondog, his little mascot rivalry, that's always going to be fun, you know. So plenty, plenty of things that I am happy about with the Cavs offseason so far. And I guess this is a solid segue into the KD discussion because I've, I've heard, you know, there, there's there's been some bounce, some rumors about, you know, or I've had friends, I guess, ask me what I would do if I was the Cavs. Like, would I really give up that much for KD? I'm not going to say that I wouldn't. I, if it was, if the offer was juicy enough, I mean, I definitely would. I mean, who knows what it, who, who knows what Brooklyn or how much Brooklyn would really want in return for him. I mean, it would be an, an ungodly amount of assets, but you know, I mean, KD and, and also he didn't even list the Cavs as one of, you know, he listed the Suns and the Heat as, as two destinations yesterday that, you know, he would like to be traded to. So I really think that, you know, any, Cavs and KD talk right now is just like like why are we even doing it? I mean it's such a it's such an out there possibility that I don't even want to really entertain it. So I will entertain though the potential of him pairing you know pairing him with Devin Booker would be pretty. I mean that's a nasty combo. Even pairing him with Jimmy Butler that's a dis. I mean these these guys. I mean Kevin Durant is going to go to any team and obviously he's going to make an impact. I mean he's the most, I believe, is the most gifted scorer of all time. You can, everybody can have their personal favorite or whatever. That's fine. But there's no disputing that he's at least in the conversation. So, I, I mean, obviously that's going to bring a lot and you're going to be a, you're instantly going to be competing for a championship. And to go into a, either one of those teams that are basically ready now to win championships but are kind of one piece away or just, I mean, Miami was one Jimmy Butler three away from, competing in the in you know the finals this year so either of those teams if you add kd it, it's problems for everyone i mean with the heat i think with the heat it's a little i'm a little less optimistic i think they'd have to give up a ton i mean the, my, the phoenix suns would have to give up a ton as well but i think the suns could maybe try and you know they could maybe keep like a piece i, I also saw that the suns would have to get you know, or the Nets would have to get book in return rather. So that's why I really don't think that that's going to happen. And it's also like the Nets can really just do whatever they want to do. I mean, it's not like KD's a free agent right now. He is, you know, I mean, he would have to be traded and the ball is really in the Nets court. So interested to see how that's going to unfold over the next couple of days. I was really hoping this morning that I would just wake up and like he would be on a new team, you know. Like, I, I love when NBA news like that happens. You're just asleep, and then you wake up, and it's like a little Christmas present. 
but you know, obviously no news right now. Kyrie opting back in also. The fact that the news came out after that really threw me off guard. Um, you know, I I just watched his podcast, uh, the Etcetera's, you know, on boardroom a couple of I've been watching it nonstop actually the past couple of days. And, you know, it it seems like I mean, K D is he's one of my favorite personalities in, in the league right now. But it seemed like he was all right with kind of figuring the thing out in Brooklyn. I mean, it, it, he was very, you know, open to just seeing how let the chips fall as they may, and let's just see where it goes. So I guess at the end of the day, he's also, he understands that it's a business, you know, and that he only has so long, you know, being in the NBA and playing at the level that he's playing at. So I feel like he, he definitely is going to do whatever is best for his career. And that's, you know, I, I, I'm not hating on him for that. I'm not hating on him for that at all. So, that is the situation to monitor. We'll definitely continue to look at it, you know, as we go through the, out this offseason. There, there were plenty of moves that happened today. Plenty of things that, you know, went down. And I will get to everything as, you know, we continue to go throughout the season. Or, or the offseason, rather. But I'm thinking that the next series, the next couple of episodes are definitely going to be, you know, focused on individual divisions, individual teams. I don't know if I want to start with the Central yet, just because that's, you know, that's the Cavs division. I got to show some love to love to my squad, and I love what the Pistons are doing, the, you know, the Bucks, the Bulls. I mean, that is going to be an exciting division next year, you know. And even though Indiana is not the most exciting, I, I love Tyrese Halliburton. I'm excited to see what he's potentially on. So I have a feeling that that is going to be structure-wise what it's more about going forward. Also, summer league coming up, so who knows if I, you know, we're we're kind of just playing it by ear right now. We're playing it by ear. It's like I said, you know, at the beginning of this, it's a, it's going to be a journey. We're going to take it wherever it goes. But yeah, I mean, the NBA, we'll, we'll we'll get to everything in free agency, if not just today, you know. So once the dust kind of settles and all the big moves are officially made, and we're getting ready to figure out what we got. So uh, you know, that that's when we'll get into the in depth analyzation. But enough of that, enough of the big news, all the big things coming out today. Uh, I want to now get into the WNBA because so much happened in the, in the league this week that you know we didn't really get a chance to talk about it. I, I didn't get a chance to talk about it, rather. The All-Star teams have officially been announced, and I mean, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited. I was very happy with the results for the most part. Um, you know, I'll read off the list. I mean, I, I read the starters during the last episode, so if you missed that, like, duh, come on, go back and tap in, uh, but, yeah, I mean, I'll, I guess I'll reread them again, Sue Bird, Sylvia Fowles, Candace Parker, Neka Agumake, we got Stewie from the Seattle Storm, Asia Wilson, Jonquil Jones, Sabrina, Ionescu, Kelsey Plum, Jackie Young, I mean, you know, these, all of these women obviously deserve to be playing in this game, um, you know, they're, they're fantastic talents, but the reserves I'm excited about as well, I mean, we got Ariel Atkins from the Mystics. I want to catch some more Mystics basketball. They're one of the only teams that this season I really haven't been able to hone in on and, you know, watch too much. So I'm, you know, excited for her. That's obviously a phenomenal achievement. Kalea Copper, you know, this is her second WNBA All-Star game. Congrats to her. Skylar Diggins will be appearing in her sixth All-Star game. Natasha Howard, this will be her second game. Dierica Hamby, second game. Ryan Howard is you know the number one overall pick this past year this she's going to be making her first appearance very 
very excited to see, you know, her not only in this game, but just her throughout the rest of the season. And if this kind of, you know, catapults her, if this, you know, shows her like, oh, like I really am, you know, I'm really like this <laughs> because she is, man. I mean, she is ridiculous. And, you know, I was able to finally catch one of the dream games recently and, you know, watching her play. I actually, let me, let me make sure I get the other all-stars out of the way and then we'll break that down. But yeah, Ryan Howard, congrats to her. Brianna Jones making her second appearance. Emma Messerman making her second appearance. I mean, Arike Agumbuale. I mean, these are just talented women, talented women. Uh, Alyssa Thomas and Courtney Vandersloot round out the final two of your 2022 WNBA All-Stars. So, congrats to all of them. That's super exciting. Uh, I mean, the game's going to be fantastic. It's it's actually this month now. We can actually say that it is the game is this month. July 10th, uh, you know, I hope all you guys are going to be tuned in. You know, I will be for sure. Um, but yeah, it's going to be an awesome, exciting, fun time. And I want to get back to Ryan Howard uh, for sure, because like I was saying, she, she, I mean, she's got next, 100%. The way that as a rookie, the way that she operates on the floor is, I mean, she's so smooth. It's Basketball really is just second nature to her. And she can get it done at all three levels. She impacts the game and can create for others. She has, you know, great size, I mean, for her position. She she's going to be around in this league for a long time. And I really think that once, you know, things start to slow down, I think the Dream could maybe use like another kind of running piece alongside her. Even though, you know, I mean, right now they still have AD Durr. I mean, you know, Tiffany Hayes just got back. I mean, they still have Ari McDonald. I mean, so the, the Dream, they've got some players for sure. They, they have some players for sure. But as long as they have Ryan Howard and are building around her, I mean, they, they have a recipe for success for the next, at least the next decade. Because I, I really do think she's going to be one of those dominant players in this league. Someone that, you know, we're, we're going to talk about for a while. So I had to make sure I got that out there. Because while watching her for the first time, it was so worth it. So worth it. Um, and, and she didn't even have her best game, if we're being real. I mean, she was like 6 of 18 from the field. She had 19 points. Um, you could tell she wasn't really like in her rhythm at all that night They, um, you know, against the Liberty. Um, and congrats to the Dream for getting their get back on the Liberty a couple of days ago. But, yeah, if you don't know, now you know about Ryan Howard. And with that said, you know, let's shift gears a little bit because the Chicago Sky, we have a new number one right now in the WNBA. Uh, the Sky and the Aces, I mean, I guess they're tied right now, technically. They're both 14-5 and five right now. Uh, I cannot wait for this Commissioner's Cup rematch because it, it's going to be a great one. It is it is going to be a great game. I mean, the Sky are hot right now. They've won four in a row. Candace Parker is playing on a ridiculous level. Courtney Vandersloot hit a game winner this week. I was actually you know able to catch that game live. It was phenomenal. Uh, a crazy three-pointer, I mean. She's, she's got ridiculous range. And, you know, I, we really don't appreciate Slute enough for being one of the best point guards in the league so consistently. And it was kind of awesome to hear the broadcast, team, get the broadcast team give her her due diligence, you know, during the game. Uh, because she really has been doing this for a long time. And her level of play really hasn't fallen off too much. Uh, you know, the way that she's always able to create for others, you know you're getting at least seven assists a game. I mean, that's hard to do. I think right now she this season she's actually averaging around like six and a half, but it's hard to to you know give that kind of production and create that much for others on every single night. 
So, I mean, big, big props and salute to, to Courtney Vandersloot. I mean, she well-deserved in, in that All-Star game this year. I mean, it, and it's not just her. I mean, they ended up with Emma Messerman. I mean, Kalea Copper, obviously. You know, we know about Candace Parker uh, after they selected the starters. But this Sky team really has all of the pieces to... I mean, the, the game is so open right now. I feel like every time I, I'm talking about a different team and why they have a chance to go out and win it all. But, I mean, the Sky... And they're, they're also the defending champions, you know? Like, they've shown that they can do it before. So why, why not run it back and do it again? And I'm, I'm just loving all of the different forms of greatness, I guess, that we get to witness right now. So the Sky are on the up and up. Uh, the Seattle Storm are another team who I've been paying a lot of attention to recently. Uh, they just gave the Aces the business the other night in a nice 78-88 to win. And they handled them, really. I, I was able to catch the second half of that game. And Seattle really remained in control, you know. And it, Brianna Stewart, obviously... Showed us why she's one of the best, if not the best, in the league right now. The Gold Mamba, Jewel Lloyd, is you know still obviously about business. She's get going out there to get buckets every single trip. And you know Sue Bird. I mean, you if you don't think that this team is playing with an extra edge, just because Sue Bird. I mean, it's her last year. This is the last dance, the last ride. So, I mean, they're absolutely playing with that extra incentive and that extra motivation to you know send her out on the throne, send her out on top. And, you know, I haven't even mentioned they just got Tina Charles also, got her away from the Mercury. Getting a player of her caliber, you know, and especially at this point in the season, because I think middle of the season, you still have the rest of, you know, the back half to kind of mesh together and really figure out, you know, everyone's playing styles and figure out each other's tendencies. There's still plenty of time for this team to, you know, grow and learn how to make it work. So I... The, the Storm really, really, really need to be getting a lot of attention right now because they're, they're just as hungry and just as capable of going out and winning a championship as anybody else right now. So, And, and I feel that way. There, there's a couple of different teams I feel that way about. I really just, like I said, it's the same thing like the NBA right now. There's just so much talent going around. And the exciting thing with the WNBA too is I really think it's only going to continue to grow to – you know, even higher levels because, you know, there was talk about the expansion teams. I'm, I'm really hoping that that can happen sooner rather than later, just because, you know, we, we got to be able to expand the game in as many markets as possible. And also just get, I mean, people just got to know, they just got to know. Well, once you, you know, learn and start actually watching the WNBA and get tapped into it, it's, it's a fantastic league, man. And, once, you know, Paige Buchers is eventually, she's only going to be a junior at UConn this year, but you've got girls like her. I mean, I still, Caitlin Clark is a problem. I mean, Haley Van Leith, I've been, you know, watching her since high school. There, there are a lot of, the league is about to take a big shift and a big jump in terms of the gameplay, you know? And, and going back to just like Ryan Howard, like those are, this is the level of player that, we're getting to in the league now and you know I, I'm, I can't wait to see what heights it gets to next and you know how it's going to continue to grow and develop so the focus right now is definitely on the summer league and the WNBA um, you know I'm going to continue to watch games and whatnot make sure you guys are catching any games if you get a chance 
Uh, there's a couple on tonight, actually. We've got the Sparks and the Wings at 8. The Aces play the Lynx at 8 also. And then the Fever play the Storm. You can catch that game on Facebook. So, I mean, hey, why not? Just, you know, watch a couple of games if you haven't yet. Um, but, yeah, for that, the focus is really WNBA, Summer League. We'll continue to monitor free agency and what goes down. And, you know, we'll, we'll see what goes down together, you know, throughout this journey. So, for that, that's a wrap on Episode 8. Um, I appreciate, you know, you guys listening in. Make sure, as, as always, make sure you're taking care of your mental health. Obviously, it's super important, uh, you know, and make sure, you know, just, just be kind. Just be kind. Do a nice deed for someone today. You never know, you know, the impact that you can have on someone's day, even just with the smallest deeds. So, for that, you have been listening to the Fast Break with C. Blake, and I cannot wait until I see you guys next time. Thank you.